You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome into today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we are happy to be with you here, as always, talking some Penn State football. Today is Monday. It's dreary Monday after a loss, but it's Monday, 2020. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Look, I know you're looking for a pick-me-up, and we're going to try and be here to provide one for you because Penn State has started the season 0-2 following their home loss on Saturday night against the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're going to get into some final thoughts from that game. If you missed our live post-stream reaction podcast, that's fine. We'll recap some of the highlights and some of the the major takeaways I have from Penn State's latest losses. They fall to 0-2, fall out of the top 25 rankings. We'll take a look at all that and, of course, take a look to see what else happened around the Big Ten because it was an eventful weekend around the the Big Ten, and we will dig into what it all means for Penn State moving forward. And yes, as always, I am here to try and provide some shed of optimism for Penn State moving forward. I know it's a little difficult for a lot of people to see some of the glimmers of hope, but I really do feel as though there are some bright spots you can take away from yet another loss to start off the season for the Nittany Lions. So we'll get into all that in today's episode. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a single podcast as they become available throughout the season. We're doing five episodes a week, throwing in some bonus content here and there as well. So you want to make sure if you never want to miss anything, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to us today. And of course, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. I could go on, but basically anywhere you can get a podcast, you're going to be able to check out the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, as well as all the other great shows that we have on the Locked On Podcast Network. We also want to make sure you leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about our podcast and the show and this episode, and let us know what you want to hear from us moving forward, because ultimately your feedback helps build our show. We want this to be something that you want to enjoy coming back to, whether Penn State wins or loses. And of course, we want you to be able to share it with your friends and your family, your fellow Penn State fans, help build our community as we go forward in this 2020 Penn State football season. And of course, you can always reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all under the same username of Locked On Nittany. So give us a follow, give us a like, make sure you send us a tweet and check out our Instagram and our Twitch accounts and make sure you turn on the notifications because when we go live on some of those platforms, you want to be notified as soon as we go on live so you can be a part of that interaction as well. So guys, with all that out of the way, we do have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Another year, another loss for Penn State against Ohio State, the team that has been the class of the Big Ten over the course of the past half decade, maybe even longer. Uh, Penn State obviously won the Big Ten Championship in 2016, but since then, Ohio State has had a pretty decisive upper hand in the series, not just in wins, but in the box score. And yes, Penn State had a couple of really close calls, a couple games where they probably should have won against Ohio State, uh, ultimately was not able to hold on to a lead, and Ohio State just continued to flex some muscle. And between this year and last year, it looks like the gap between Ohio State and Penn State is probably a little bit wider than a lot of Penn State fans 
were probably expecting it to be. Now, I'm still sitting here suggesting to you that Penn State may still be Ohio State's biggest challenge in the division this season. I know it's difficult to hear that and think that I'm not crazy here because Penn State is 0-2. They lost on the road to Indiana and then obviously came off well short against Ohio State. But you look around the rest of the Big Ten, and we will do that later on in this podcast, I still think that this Penn State team has the ingredients to be a very good team. Now, obviously, it's going to be very difficult to reflect that on the record and back that idea up. But I do think that there is enough going on here with Penn State that there should be some wins coming up along the way. And I think at the end of the season, Penn State's still going to end the year with far more wins than they will losses. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit more in our next segment as we look for some glimmers of hope to latch onto. And there are some out there. I'm going to tell you that right now. But this is the latest example of just how far Penn State has to go if they want to be on the same level as Ohio State as a perennial Big Ten championship contender slash favorite. And of course, being able to make that jump into the college football playoff discussion with some merit behind it. And to this point, Penn State isn't there yet. And this was another case where Penn State certainly offensively got off to a slow start against a team that they could not afford to do that against. And, of course, the defense really came up small, as far as I'm concerned. So let's start at the beginning of the game, where Ohio State rattles off the 60-something yard run, or whatever it was. Uh, one play into the game, they're already inside the 10-yard line. They're thinking they're going to get a touchdown in three plays to open up the game 7-0. And then James Franklin has a somewhat questionable decision to go for it on fourth down on his side of the field. It was around midfield, but I don't know if I necessarily hate the decision to go for it on fourth down in that spot, but... Uh, certainly hindsight is 2020, and Penn State fails to develop the play the way that they were envisioning. Sean Clifford kind of gets uh, under pressure right off from the get-go, and you know that was a theme throughout the whole night. You know, As good as this offensive line may be for Penn State, Ohio State's defensive line is just that much better. And that was the, the sad reality watching that game unfold because Sean Clifford was under pressure for a good majority of the night. There was not a whole lot of time to uh, allow some plays to develop. There was not a lot of time for Sean Clifford to breathe and really scan the field and find somebody that was open. And credit Ohio State, they were covering very well. Uh, and of course, in the second half, Penn State did find some wiggle room to make some plays happen, uh, certainly as far as that passing game was concerned. But it was a challenge all night long, and it's certainly in that first half. This was a slow starting offense for Penn State, and it really dug them a hole. They didn't score a touchdown in the first half. They got two field goals. One of them uh, was courtesy of an instant replay review granting Penn State an extra second, which I do think was the right call. I think if you watch the replays, I do think that Justin Fields did take a knee uh, with one second left on the clock, and that gave Penn State the rightful opportunity to put some points on the board. And unlike last week against Indiana, they were able to cash in on that opportunity just before halftime. So that was good to see. Uh, certainly, Jordan Stout uh, has the power in his leg to make that distance, and that's why he's the one that takes care of those long field goals. So I do think that they're... There were some struggles. There were some concerns about what this offense does at the start of games. And I feel like we've had that discussion before, going back to last season, a little bit the year before that. You know, Penn State finds ways to get off to quick starts, traditionally, and then they kind of go into a lull for whatever reason. And it takes a while to, to get out of it. Or if they start slow, you know, they're, they're starting slow and they will battle back. They are a good second half team when it comes to the offense that is one thing that can be said about Penn State not just in the two games we've seen this season but also going back to last year 
for whatever reason, after halftime, offensively, they can play better. And that's why they're never out of a game. Now, I never really got the sense that Penn State was climbing back into uh, giving Ohio State a serious challenge here because the defense really let Penn State down, I think, for the majority of the night, especially in that second half. You know, Ohio State jumps out to a 14-0 lead midway through the first quarter. And I will credit Ohio, uh, Penn State's defense. They did not allow the game to get too out of control. It feels weird to say that when it was 21-3, to 21-6 uh, going into halftime. But the defense, after that real shaky start uh, in those first two drives, uh, they really did tighten things up a little bit. They made it a little bit more difficult for Ohio State to establish that rhythm. Uh, you know, since that 14-0 start, you know, Ohio State took a while to get back in the rhythm of things on offense. Unfortunately for Penn State, that was it happened at the same time that Penn State's offense finally started making some plays. So every time that Penn State was able to put something together on the offensive side of the football and put some points on the board, Penn State's defense just couldn't get a stop. You know, Ohio State just marched right down the field on them all second half. And every time Penn State was uh, getting a, a punch in, Ohio State had a counter punch ready to go and it was a little bit more powerful. So that was a problem, and I do think that you know, defensively there were some more concerns here against an elite comp uh, competition like Ohio State, and that's certainly discouraging. The good news for Penn State is they will not have to play Ohio State the rest of the year. They will not have to play a team as good as Ohio State the rest of the year. There will still be some challenges. There will still be some matchups that could cause some problems. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, competition around the Big Ten later in this podcast, but the good news is... The hardest part of the schedule may be behind Penn State. Not to suggest that they're going to go and win these next six games. I still think that that's a little doubtful. But I do think that now you've gone through the gauntlet against Indiana, which ended up being a much more of a challenge than I think a lot of people were anticipating. And now you've gone head-to-head -head with Ohio State. And now you see where those areas need to improve. The good news is there's going to be an opportunity to rebound next weekend against the Maryland Terrapins. Penn State has opened up as a 21-point favorite against Maryland, and I don't want to read too much into it right now, but I kind of like that line right now because I do think that this offense is ready to go off against a more inferior opponent, and there's no there's no question that Maryland is far below the level of Ohio State. Maryland may be coming off a big win against Minnesota, but maybe, they're, maybe that Minnesota team isn't as good as I was anticipating they would be this year either. But I do think Penn State playing at home next weekend against Maryland, that is a good matchup for Penn State to have after this game is against Ohio State. I've said that from the beginning of the schedule analysis breakdowns that we've been doing here and over on Locked on Big Ten. Getting Maryland a week after Ohio State, regardless of what happens against the Buckeyes, that was a good spot for Penn State, especially since it will be at home. So we'll talk a little bit more about that game as the week progresses. Coming up in our next segment, I do have a couple of bright spots that we can talk about from Penn State's performance against the Buckeyes, and we will talk about that next. So make sure, once again, you are following us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. We'll be putting up a Twitter poll in the next couple days. I don't exactly know what it's going to be, but we're going to try and make that a regular feature as well. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany, and interact with us. Uh, send us your questions, because tomorrow will be our Twitter Tuesday episode. So if you get your questions in today by 3 p.m. Eastern, they will be guaranteed to be answered in tomorrow's edition of the podcast so make sure you're following us send us your questions and of course you can also submit your questions anonymously through email by emailing us at locked at gmail.com well, we're getting ready to start a brand new week which means you're probably going back to into a little bit of a work schedule maybe you've got a busy loaded week well the good news is 
Before you know it, the next weekend's going to be here, and you're going to get ready to sit back, relax, and watch some more Penn State football. And what better way to watch your favorite football team than by kicking back on your couch and relaxing and just chilling with a nice, cool, refreshing Coors Light. That's right, Coors Light. It is the drink that is made to chill. And it is the perfect complement to when you just want to hit the pause button and take a break from all the taxing life that you have going on. And this is going to be a stressful week for a lot of people, right? There's a lot of stuff going on this week. I don't need to get into too many details, but I think by the end of this weekend, we're all going to look forward to just kind of kicking back and relaxing. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Again, it's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And I think at the end of this week, we're all going to want to unwind. And right now is a perfect time to take a moment to make sure your fridge is completely stocked with all that cool, refreshing Coors Light. And the best news is you don't even have to leave your house to do it. All you have to do is load up your phone or load it up on your laptop or your tablet. Go to get.coorslight.com and you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Remember to celebrate responsibly from your friends at Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I think one of the things that people come to me for generally when things are not looking so great is to look for some sense of optimism because I tend to be a pretty optimistic guy. I tend to find some of the, uh, the good stories that maybe are getting a little bit overlooked. And I think that Penn State starting the season 0-2 makes it difficult for a lot of people to realize that there are some positives that can be taken and moving forward for this program. And again, I do think that this is still a Penn State team that is capable of having a pretty good year. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought this team was going to go 6-2. and two. As much as I thought highly of them in many areas, I still thought that a 6-2 and two record was probably the most likely scenario. Now, I didn't expect the 6-2 and two record to start off this way. I did expect that Penn State was going to lose to Ohio State. I certainly did not count on Penn State dropping a game to open a season against Indiana. If you listen to some of the podcasts we've done in the past, not only here, but also on Locked on Big Ten, I, suggest, I suggested that Penn State was likely to lose one of their road games against either Nebraska or Michigan. I still tend to think that that's probably the case here. I do think that Penn State is probably now looking at a 5-3 and three record, which I understand is not at all where people were expecting this year to be. But I think that given the, the developments of these first two weeks, I think that that looks like a very likely track. However, I still think 6-2 and two is entirely on the table. And the reason I say that is because I don't think the defense has as poor of a performance from start to finish as we saw against Ohio State. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Ohio State. That is clearly the best team in the Big Ten. And there's a reason why they are being picked by some to win the national championship this year. I didn't predict that they would win the national championship. I did predict that they would be playing for the national championship. I still think that's a very possible case for Ohio State moving forward. Uh, because that's a really good team. They are clearly the team to beat in the Big Ten. And I didn't think that Penn State was going to beat them. I, I honestly didn't. I said that on the podcast last Friday. I suggested that Ohio State was going to win. I think I said 34 to 20, somewhere along those lines. So I don't feel like I was too far off on predicting how that game was going to play out. Um, maybe the sequence of events that led to that score might have gone a little bit differently. But I did feel as though uh, Penn State was probably not going to keep it all that close with Ohio State, but they weren't going to go away. That That's the thing that I've been saying about Penn State for the last couple of years. There is no quit in this team. Uh, yeah, I know there have been a couple of blowouts over the years, uh, including games at Michigan. Uh, but I do feel as though this is a Penn State team that does find a way to hit a gear on offense, whatever the case may be, that allows them to battle back into games. 
And I think you saw that again on Saturday night. I know it doesn't doesn't win you any points on the in the win column, but there is something to be said about whatever's happening with this team at halftime. And you know they were down twenty-one to three. You know they were down twenty-one to six, but if, you know they were certainly twenty-one to three going into halftime originally. And then they come back out and kick that extra field goal. But there was nothing really to be excited about as far as Penn State's offense was concerned. They were getting nothing against that Ohio State defense. Again, you got to credit your opponent sometime. And Ohio State has that kind of a roster that's going to make it very difficult for anybody in the Big Ten to really make anything happen on offense and even on defense. I mean, this is an Ohio State team that's very dangerous. So obviously, when you come into a season with so many high expectations that maybe you can compete for a spot in the college football playoff. Maybe you can give Ohio State a serious run for the Big Ten East division. And then you see that Penn State starts off 0-2. You start to scratch your head and say, well, okay. Well, and here's the thing. We're hearing all the James Franklin criticisms boil up once again uh, for many of the same reasons. I think that a lot of people are kind of delusional, I'm going to say, in their expectations of where Penn State is supposed to be and where Penn State is. And where they feel like Penn State should be, because I think there's so many, uh, some of the common complaints I see is that, well, Penn State has all these uh, facilities that that are really good at recruiting. Why aren't they more on level with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia? Why aren't they doing this every year? They get top five recruiting classes. Well, first of all, no, they don't get top five recruiting classes. They get very good recruiting classes, but they aren't getting the top tier elite recruits. So I guess that draws to the next criticism. Well, why can't James Franklin get those recruits? Well, you know, it's it's hard to get those recruits. And I think you're trying to break into a mold where you're on that same level where you're going to get those kind of recruits. Penn State recruits well. They recruit very well. They get a lot of really good talented players. Do they get the five-star blue chips at, at every position? Absolutely not. You know, Alabama does, Clemson does, Ohio State does. And yeah, you want to be on the same level as Ohio State. And there's really no excuse not to be in many regards because Penn State has a lot of the same benefits that Ohio State has as far as finances are concerned, uh, as far as uh, recruiting ability is concerned. But Ohio State has been on that national championship stage. They have been to the BCS national championship. They have been to the college football national championship. They've been in the college football playoff. That's the next step for this Penn State team. Is James Franklin the guy that's going to get him there? I think so. I really do. And it's not going to happen this year, but you know, this is still a building process. And there's still a lot to like about where Penn State could be. Now, the biggest question coming into the season was probably going to be what's going to happen with this wide receiver position. Because uh, you know, coming into the year, the running back depth looked pretty good. Sean Clifford with a new offensive coordinator, you felt pretty good about that. And I still think that's something we'll have to dive into a little bit more as this week unfolds. But I do think that the wide receiver position has an answer for a go-to wide receiver, and that's Jahan Dotson. He was the most likely candidate to be that guy, and he put on some highlight reel plays Saturday night uh, against one of the best defensive backs in the Big Ten, if not the nation, in, in Wade. He, it's not like Dotson was going up against some scrub. Uh, he was going up against a, an All-American caliber player, certainly an All-Big Ten caliber player. So uh, that was a real impressive showing. And you've seen the replays. He had the two back-to-back catches, a one-handed grab uh, that, that goes in for a touchdown. It was an absolutely insane sequence of events for Jahan Dotson. Of course, he scored a touchdown later in the game, too. 
Uh, he's going to be your go-to guy. And the big question now for Penn State is, can they get some other guys to step up? They've got some young wide receivers. They're still trying to find room for those guys to make some plays happen. It very likely was not going to be happening very often against Ohio State. So I'm not going to get too carried away with the lack of production. I was surprised that Pat Fryermuth wasn't quite the same asset that I think he could have been. And now I think if you go back and look at the film, it's probably because Ohio State covered him very well. And I think if, if a defense is able to take away Pat Fryermuth from this Penn State passing game as effectively as Ohio State was, then Penn State is really going to need those wide receivers to step up because it can't all be Pat Fryermuth. So obviously Jahan Dotson showing what he can do. That is a very promising sign moving forward. You know that he can make a big catch in the clutch, and that's going to be very good for Sean Clifford moving forward. Still need some other help, though. Uh, the running game wasn't able to get going, but again, Ohio State's defensive line might be the best that Penn State faces all season. So again, I'm not going to get too carried away with some of the uh, the, the negatives from this game. Uh, the positives are I, this team battles back. they got to go to wide receiver into Hot Dotson. And I don't know if the defense is going to play a worse game or a game as this bad uh, the rest of the year. So take from this what it will. Things get better. And I do think that things are going to get better for Penn State. And that's going to start this weekend against the Maryland Terrapins. You know that the holidays are actually starting to come around, which means there's going to be a lot of good food options coming up over the next couple of months. So right now is actually a very important time to make sure you're staying right with your diet. And one of the ways that you can do that is with Built Bar. If you're looking for a protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar, it's even more deliciouser than ever before, comes in a variety of flavors, and is great for any kind of diet, no matter whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight or on a keto diet, then Built Bar is the solution for you. They have 12 original flavors. They've got six brand new flavors on top of that, including the perfect flavor for the fall, the Apple Almond Crisp. Or if you're a carrot cake fan, they've got that as well. They've got a couple other flavors you definitely want to check out. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Again, they are perfect for almost any diet you can imagine. Check out the flavor profile for the peanut butter flavor, one of my personal favorites. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. If you want to check these out for yourself, highly advise you to do so. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they'll throw in a free cooler with that purchase. And a pro tip we've been talking about here on the Locked On Podcast Network, throw some Built Bars in your fridge the night before. Stack them in that cooler on your way into work. You're going to be in for a delicious treat on your break time or going into the gym, coming out of a workout, whatever your case may be. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. One last time, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, final segment of today's episode, and I do want to take some time to look around the rest of the Big Ten to see what happened because it was quite an eventful weekend around the Big Ten. The big story, of course, aside from the Penn State-Ohio State game was the fact that Wisconsin was not playing Nebraska due to the ongoing outbreak situation with the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm going to highly recommend that you check out our pal Asher Lowe, who covers Wisconsin for our counterpart on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Badgers. He's been doing a fantastic job of everything that's been going on as far as Wisconsin is concerned. It did look like Nebraska tried to schedule another game against an FCS opponent to kind of fill that void because they still want to play some football. And this has been the theme for Nebraska during this whole situation that's been ongoing this year. And the Big Ten kind of uh, squashed that. And I know 
Paul Feinbaum came out and ripped Nebraska for that. And, you know, there's just a, one of those mundane uh, suggestions that Nebraska doesn't even belong in the Big Ten. Whatever. That's hogwash. Nebraska's fine in the Big Ten. If they want to play games, I say let them play the games as long as the other team is following the same protocols that everybody else in the Big Ten is. And that looked like it was the case. So, unfortunately for Nebraska, they are now one game shy. And the fact that Wisconsin didn't play that game against Nebraska, and we don't know when what's going to happen with Wisconsin in the coming weeks here. We don't know if they're going to be able to play their game this weekend. This kind of opens up the entirety of the Big Ten West. And what opens up even more is the fact that Minnesota lost again. Minnesota, a week after losing to Michigan in their season opener at home, they go on the road Friday night football at Maryland, the Penn State's next opponent. And they blew a lead against the Terrapins. They actually lose in overtime because they couldn't hit an extra point in that overtime session. So Minnesota dropping to 0-2 to start the year in Big Ten play. Obviously, Minnesota has their entire division still to play because they've played two teams from the Big Ten East. So Minnesota could still be a factor in what is becoming a wide-open Big Ten West situation. But they've got their work cut out for them. Minnesota's got a lot of work to and a lot of ground to make up for because other teams in this division are jumping out to some good starts. Wisconsin obviously started the year with a win, and we'll see what happens with Wisconsin. But Purdue is 2-0 after a 31-24 victory against Illinois. Illinois playing without their starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, who had tested positive for COVID-19. That obviously hurt Illinois, and Illinois is off to an 0-2 start, so it's going to be very challenging for them to get back into the picture of uh, being a potential upset player in the Big Ten West standings. But let's not completely overrule them just yet. If Brandon Peters comes back at some point in time, that would be great. But Illinois has got some issues going on there. Meanwhile, Purdue look, looking pretty good. Purdue looks like a pretty fun team. And all of a sudden, would not be surprising if Purdue is a team we are talking about winning the Big Ten West. Obviously, they'll still have some big games ahead for them. Uh, but another team that could be a player to reckon with, Northwestern. Northwestern pulls off the 21-20 victory at Iowa, uh, shout out to our pals over at Locked on Hawkeyes. We're both commiserating in 0-2 starts, and I know that we're going to be facing off with them uh, later on in the season. Looking forward to doing a crossover with our pal Andrew Wade from Locked on Hawkeyes when that time comes around. But I know that Iowa fans are pretty frustrated as well, uh, dropping two close games to Purdue to open the year, and of course a 21-20 upset loss at home against the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, Northwestern looking like a pretty solid team under Pat Fitzgerald. Again, nothing, not a team that's going to blow you away, but they obviously had a very decisive victory against Maryland to open up their season and going on the road and winning at Iowa. It's not the easiest of tasks. And the fact that they were able to come through and win that game with a strong defensive showing in the second half shows you that Northwestern is not going to be the same team they were last year. Uh, they are not a team that you're just going to beat up on and uh, just move on and expect a win. You're going to have to earn it against Northwestern. Northwestern is very much a player in that Big Ten West division as it plays out. So again, Minnesota 0-2 to start the year. Iowa 0-2 to start the year. It opens up the door big time for programs like Purdue and Northwestern. And then, of course, we'll see what happens with Wisconsin. Let's go over to that Big Ten East division, though, because obviously Penn State, Ohio State was the marquee game, but it was not the only game and certainly not the only storyline that has captured the attention in the Big Ten East. And of course, we go to that big noon kickoff in Ann Arbor with the Michigan Wolverines feeling real good after their season opening win against Minnesota and taking on a Michigan State team that lost at home in a very ugly fashion with seven turnovers, two more turnover on downs against Rutgers to open up the year. And Michigan State comes in to the big house and takes care of business with a 27-24 victory 
over the Michigan Wolverines. How about Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker picking up his first win as Michigan State head coach in the big house against Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. And you know just as well as anybody, being a Penn State fan, when you see that James Franklin takes the criticism that he does, when Michigan takes a loss, Jim Harbaugh takes much more criticism, and he becomes the fodder for national columnists around the country. Plenty of criticisms falling on Jim Harbaugh after yet another loss to rival Michigan State. And this is a this just kind of goes with that trend that has been there for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. I'm I'm not apologizing for Jim Harbaugh under any stretch of the imagination, but I do say that. Sometimes the criticism goes a little too far, just like it does for James Franklin. Jim Harbaugh is doing a lot of good things in Michigan. He's just maybe hitting a plateau in Ann Arbor. And that becomes a frustrating point for Michigan fans and, of course, the Michigan critics. (laughs) We'll pound on that every opportunity. So James Franklin does take some criticism for sure, uh, given the way that Penn State is trying to become the next best team in the Big Ten alongside Ohio State, uh, Michigan, same kind of category. It's like it's very similar how things happen with Penn State and James Franklin and Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you know, they each have some of their own shortcomings and they tend to be pretty similar. And that's why the, the head-to-head series between Penn State and Michigan this year might be pretty interesting to watch, uh, maybe more so than usual, because both teams will probably have a couple of losses going into that game. I'm not so sure that Michigan's going to be uh, a one-loss team by the time that that game comes around. They still potentially have to play Wisconsin before then. We'll see what happens. But I do think that um, it's, it's, awfully, it's awfully similar how the criticisms for James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh kind of follow the same kind of path. And it's even more hilarious because you know that Michigan fans are ridiculing James Franklin at left and right. And Penn State fans are doing the same thing to James uh, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and Ohio State fans are just sitting back there and laughing and enjoying the comfy life in their nice cozy chair, kicking back and chilling with a nice Coors Light and maybe eating on a Bill Bar too. But of course, there was one more game in the Big Ten East and it was between undefeated Indiana and undefeated Rutgers. Well, Rutgers is no longer undefeated. However, they probably had the play of the day in the Big Ten with I don't know how many laterals there were uh, in a game that was pretty much all decided. Indiana was going to win the game regardless of the situation, I think, at that point. But Rutgers turned in one of the greatest uh, lateral plays of all time, ranking right up there with Cal Stanford almost. (laughs) And I think it was unfortunate that somewhere along the way, there was an illegal forward pass that the video replay from the Big Ten took a look at and overruled what was an awesome touchdown for Rutgers. It's one of those plays where I understand you got to do what you got to do with the instant replay review. And of course, again, it comes in to help out Indiana to a certain degree for a second week in a row. But that was just one of those efforts where I feel like the video replay officials just should have just lied and said, you know what? I can't find the indisputable video evidence to overturn this because that was worthy of rewarding that effort. (laughs) If you haven't seen the play, we'll put it on our Twitter feed uh, on Lockdown Nittany for sure because it is worth watching. Even though the touchdown was called back, Rutgers turned in the absolutely viral play of the weekend. If you haven't checked it out, do so right now. Uh, what's going to be on our Twitter feed today? So I, I feel bad for Rutgers because of the effort that they put in. They didn't give up, and, and that's something that is pretty interesting to see. Uh, Greg Schiano coming in. They obviously go on the road against Michigan State and get a big win for that program. Um, and you know, I don't know if Michigan State's actually any good or not, and I don't know if Rutgers is any good. But to go on the road, open up the season of a new era under Greg Schiano, and get a win in Big Ten play and put up as many points as they did. That was very encouraging. That's that's the kind of start that you're 
were hoping for if you're a Rutgers fan. And then to come back the following week and take on a good Indiana team and, you know, go back and forth for a while before Indiana starts to pull away, pull away. Uh, and again, some positive signs there for Rutgers. Uh, there, there might be a little bit more of a challenge than a lot of people are expecting. Maybe they win another couple games along the way uh, as the season progresses. They do still have to play Maryland, and uh, we'll see what happens in some of these other games. But Rutgers could be a slightly better challenge than a lot of people were anticipating. Again, we'll see if that has the momentum and carries out throughout the year. Uh, Penn State will play Rutgers much later in the year this year. So there you have it. The uh, Big Ten weekend roundup, Penn State is the only team in the Big Ten East without a win. Every other team in this division has at least one win. So Penn State is looking up at everybody in the division. Don't push any panic buttons yet because Penn State should be able to get their first win of the year this weekend against Maryland. And then all of a sudden, maybe things will start to turn around and maybe things will start to go Penn State's way a lot more than they have been these past couple of weeks. That's going to do it for today's episode. We get your week started here with the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast app you are listening to us today on. And of course, leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode, what you think about the show overall, because we want to take your feedback. We want to build something that you want to come back and listen to, not only listen to, but subscribe to, rate, review, and share with your friends and your family and share it with your fellow Penn State fans. Lots of stuff to get into this week as we start to look forward to Penn State's next game against Maryland, trying to line up a guest. And we do have another guest that's going to be coming on. That's long overdue. Very much looking forward to having him. Uh, We'll talk about that uh, maybe in tomorrow's episode. But make sure you are staying connected with us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and Instagram using the username LockedOnNittany. My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com. You can check out all my content on my Twitter feed, at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to also check out my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Just on Sunday, I posted my first official batch of college football playoff projections for the upcoming season, or this season. (laughs) So if you want to go check that out, it's a free read. You don't have to support the Patreon in order to read that post. So make sure you go check it out. Let me know what you think about that as well. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out the podcast and all your favorite podcasting apps. Follow us on all the social media feeds. And have a great day. Let's get your week started on the right foot. It's going to be a very interesting week, I think, as far as storylines are concerned, not just with Penn State, but of course nationally. We'll talk a little bit about some of those tomorrow on Tuesday. It is Election Day tomorrow, so make sure you are voting tomorrow. If you don't get a chance to listen to our Tuesday podcast, I'll put out another reminder for you. Your vote counts. Your vote means something for you. Make sure you, you take that responsibility with you to the polls if you have not voted already. It's a very important election, of course, as you know, and your voice should be heard one way or the other. So with all that said, have a great day once again. Get your week started on the right foot and come back. We'll do this all again tomorrow. So until then, have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Bye.